This is Doreen with Audio Percolator. I had the pleasure of speaking with artist Judy Tuolet-Stiwa back in December of 2019. Here is a bit from our conversation. Thank you for joining me. You're welcome, Doreen. This is just an introduction to your world, which I'm sure is quite deep and multifaceted. So um, since we just have a few minutes, maybe you could just tell us how you entered onto this road of being an artist, a little bit about your art journey, how it started, and where you're going. Um, I know where it started. I don't know where I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) I never have once I was on the journey. But the way it started was was interesting. Um, I was 29 years old. I had no idea that I was an artist. Mm -hmm. I had studied Mm -hmm. English literature, both undergrad and graduate, and studied teaching English literature as a graduate. And um, I went to, I had three little boys at that point, so within a very short time of having them, they weren't spaced out particularly long. And Vietnam was in the middle of things. It was 1970. It was a real nightmare in this country. Mm-hmm. And things that I'd suppressed for a long time, I think, were anxious to get out. And when I was 11, a teacher told me, after I stayed up all night doing a painting of the rain on the streets in Los Angeles, where I lived, the teacher told me I was, wasn't very good in art. I wasn't good. So I stopped doing art from that point on. But on this particular day, in 1970, I went to see with my first husband, Michael, the Van Gogh exhibit in San Francisco. I was living about an hour south of San Francisco. And as I walked through this chronological exhibit of eight years of work, because that's all that Van Gogh worked was eight years, when I got to the final painting, Wheatfield with Crows, I simply came apart. And if anyone asked me why, or I would not have been able to verbalize it. And I cried all the way in the car going home. And when I got home, I tore off a piece. I had a, a sliced off piece of map board, and I did a drawing on the front. And on the back, I wrote four statements. And they have helped not lead, but it's sort of been the foundation of of what I needed to explore over these last almost 50 years. And the four questions were to see, when you are too hungry, nothing is enough, the search for proportion, Jewish hand, will sing for who it pleases to be born once again. And what's happened over these years is I realized at this point that those have been satisfied. I, I know what they're about. I understand proportion now. I am not too hungry. Things are enough. Uh, the Jewish hand is balanced, is a balanced hand now along with the sorrow there's also the, the joy. And um, we'll sing for whom it pleases to be born once again, that that has, in fact, been what's happened during the last 50 years. And so where I am right now is I wonder what other 
sentences will help direct me and where I'll move at this point. That's very interesting. Thank you. (laughs) And it's a great introduction to you because um, as we exchange information, um, everyone is not an artist per se, and a visual artist, but, but we all like to know what, what, what's going on in, in our minds, in each other's minds on some level, yes. on some other level that we can maybe not communicate on with words. With words. So You're as an artist right. who communicates with visual imagery and other types of textures and things, um, if you could just talk a little bit about the show that we're looking at here at Lux. I'm very intrigued with that show and intrigued with you being dealing with trauma and the processing of trauma, which is a very timely subject. Yes. Thank you for that question. Absolutely. So I felt early on that if I did not heal my personal wounds, and some of them are generational wounds, that there is no way that my work could become universal. And the artist who spoke to me so deeply, like Duchamp and um, Barnett Newman and Philip Guston, Cy Twombly, these different artists, uh, the Dogon, the art of the Dogon people of Mali, there is a universality to their work that, and um, Matisse in his later years with the paper cutouts. There's a universality there that I knew that I could never touch into if I did not heal these wounds. And so I set about healing them, both through the art, and I've never really shown the art that I worked with that is part of that process. That will be in my book, Where Does Art Come From? which is one of the next books that I'll be doing. Great title. Thank you. So that will be part of that book. Um, Because it's time now, because I have a distance from the experience, so I can work with it in a way that can help people enter things in themselves without being too scared. And I I can help with that. And the work has become universal. So yes. there's a universal need for, for this. Yes. I feel across deeply that lines, this is what art across all lines. This is what art needs to be addressing. Um there's so much <laughs> simplicity yet depth in the show. Thank you. It's hard to really know where to start. So that may have to be um one of our next topics of conversation. Great. Some of the the bones, the bird feathers some of the, the projected imagery. Um, what is the name of your show exactly? The, the name when it, was, when it was the full show in Santa Fe uh, at the Center for Contemporary Art was The Dream Life of Objects. And I still think of it as The Dream Life of Objects. Okay, and where can people see this show next? If, if will it be together it's, next? No. Okay. Uh, the Crow Piece will go back to the collector who... Okay. Who owns it. Well, then we'll have to look for a book, then? I think a book will grow out of the show that will include the many stories that people are leaving about objects that are deeply meaningful in their life. They're Mm -hmm. wonderful, wonderful. I probably have about 600 of them now, of stories that people have left about objects, children, adults. Yes. 
older people, many, many different ages, mm -hmm. have left short, wonderful stories about an object that's deeply meaningful in their mm -hmm. life. Well, I really can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy studio day to talk, uh, to talk with me. And I look forward to speaking with you again. Yes. Um, maybe more about specific pieces of art. Excellent. And um, kind of what you see on the horizon for, for Judy Tulowitz-Diva. By the way, that's where this residency has been so good. It's sort of like a gap mm -hmm. where you cannot be what you were and you aren't what you're going to be yet right. for the work itself. And this has been a very fertile period of floating in that place without denying it, without trying to get someplace else. I like that. So that's yeah. been a, it's yeah. been a great residency that way. And that's what a residency, residency should be? Yes, in, in I this, think it's... With, for an artist, I believe. And sometimes it doesn't always work out quite that way. No, I was very, very... It's the right time, the right place. Okay, well, I guess um, that was something that was due to you, and I'm glad that you received it. Thank you. I look forward to speaking with you again. Thank you. You're welcome. Would like to thank the beautiful Judy Tuwalet-Stiwa for speaking with us, and also a special thanks to our sponsors. Please visit audioperk.com to find out more about the content we're presenting. That's A-U-D-I-O-P-E-R-K.com. You can also find links to more information on our guests or send us a message. This is our very first podcast on this revised audio percolator platform. At this time of global crisis, our love and sympathy go out to you and your family. Please take care, stay safe, and well. This is Doreen from the Audio Percolator. Talk soon.